babies. Richard? Queen? Thank you, I read. Big Mac? So late. How am I late? Nothing. Never mind. On the Irene part. <clears throat> Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Uh, good to see you again after a, uh, a long weekend stay. It's always nice to uh, come back to a week in your uh, bright, uh, bushy-eyed uh, faces. Uh, let's go ahead and get this kicked off. I'll start. I'll start with my opening take. It's NBA. The NBA season is upon us. Baseball season is finally truly dead to us. Uh, unless you're Bill or against Ray and you're a Braves fan. Uh, so I'm going to go NBA here. And a little bit off pace of the Celtics, the rule changes that they have made and implemented are fucking great. Brilliant. They're awesome. Not only have they made the games better, you're not getting ticky-tack calls every single time someone goes to the rim in the NBA. It's personally made James Harden uh, a martyr and a crybaby little bitch, and I love it. So kudos. Nine free throws three games kudos to adam silver and the nba having the balls to actually do that and honestly the games have been better the actual basketball has been better you've been able to kind of get back to some hand checking defending at the rim so good on the nba hasn't helped the celtics much they kind of look like shit but uh the rest of the nba looks good raymond uh mine is that the patriots are 10 and 16 since judas left us uh from the foxborough faithful uh, but four of those wins are against the Jets. So really, you're six and sixteen without Judas. Uh, putting up fifty burger on the Jets is nothing to raise your hat about. But uh, yeah, this is not a big celebration win. I don't think this is a turning the page. You need to face real competition and put up that kind of numbers in order to be uh, boasting, saying you guys are back. I love how uh, Dr. Big Mac's sayings are just like always a little bit to a lot of it off. What does raise yeah. your hat? <laughs> Tip your cap. Sorry. Raise your hat to a 50 burger. Okay. I'm sorry. New things. Leave me alone. Hat raised. Bill? It's it's terrible. Oh, I'm going <laughs> Bruins. Nice, nice 3-1 start for the Bruins. You know, I think the big reason for that is just seeing some balanced scoring, especially uh, the guy I hate the most, Jake DeBrus, got two Ooh. goals. He's got two goals quickly. He's kind of fitting nicely on that third line. You know, if this kind of keeps up, I hope he's in the 25, 30 goal score this ring. I'll take 2025, 20, but now you've got more balanced scoring. You're not worrying about that um, erection line. You know, I, this is what you're going to need in the playoffs. And it's, it's nice to see early. I know it's only four games, but it's nice to see early. If I'm not mistaken, Ray, did was DeBrusk the first one on the list, on the dead to me list, or was that Brady? It might have been DeBrusk. No, it was Brady then because they remember they were having a football season, but they weren't having a hockey season when we started this. Uh, yeah, it so Brady Brady was dead He's, to me, but DeBrusque was the mainstay he was, on he was the up list. There. No, no, I think Ray Bork even went before DeBrusque. That might be true. <laughs> he, his his name's all chalky and dusty, though. It's been there on there for so long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. DeBrusque is big and bold on the murder list. <laughs> uh, of course, we'll be talking uh, Ooh, about, Patriots. about the list. <laughs> Patriots and Jets. <laughs> Uh, Red Sox season ends. We'll, we'll, we'll get a little bit into that. Uh, Bruins off to a hard start. And, uh, yeah, Celtics have uh, finally picked up a win in a sh- in a uh, early in the season. Uh, and anything else you want to get to, boys? Welcome to the Simple Mind Sports Show. Fat Tuesday weekend roundup, October 26th. Nailed it. Welcome to the show.
course, we're brought to you by White Birch Brewing, the best craft brewing in New Hampshire, down in National New Hampshire Ray Address Place. 460 Amherst Street. Good side of Amherst Street. Get on down there, get yourself a flight, get yourself a pint. It's good beer drinking season. Uh, get some Marzen, some stouts, whatever's going to keep you warm. Uh, you got some bad weather coming your way, so go down there and cheer up with some brewskis. Gross today. Pretty bad. Uh, they also got a TV. If you can't get down there, get at your local beer store, wherever you get it. Tell them the Simple Minds boys sent you White Birch Brewing. Nice hat, Ray. Thank you. I like it, Ray. I did it for you, Queen. Thanks, baby. The Atlanta Braves. Hey, we were uh, one for two on the. Uh, Not bad. We did pick World them to go series to the World prediction. Series. Ray, who did you guess? The Red Sox were playing the Red Sox or something like that? No, I had uh, Toronto Blue Jays versus the LA Dodgers. I, oh, yeah, I'm actually good for good on Atlanta. I didn't think they'd beat the Dodgers. 106 win team. You know, they didn't have home field advantage, which again, <laughs> when, when, when the division it is kind of stupid, but it worked. I mean, you had a couple of heartbreakers. I thought heartbreaker game three with Bellinger, and then you fucking got blown out in game five and come back to game six. It's a big, big Eddie Rosario home run right there. Dude, Ooh. say whatever you want about it. Who did they get for Eddie Rosario? They got him for like Pablo nothing, right? Sandoval, who was immediately released upon yeah. trade. I think he went to, uh, where was it? Fucking Cleveland. They immediately cut him. The Dodgers are the most overrated or underachieving team, and they're going to be on the list for the history of sports when it's all said and done. The amount of money that they've spent in this stretch, only getting one World Series, a fake World Series in a shortened season, and only making it twice. And they lost. Then they missed it three times. They lost twice. They lost back to back years. And oh, they now lost the Red Sox, won. yeah, and the, and the Astros. So they got there three times, uh, won one fake one. Pathetic. Absolutely Look it up. Pathetic. He went out, and your prize acquisition had a fucking dead arm because you pitched him in the ninth inning on an off day. Had a dead arm who couldn't start game six or even come in, and you let Walker Bueller just give up the fucking jack. And you shouldn't had Mookie every... just be winning series by himself? Isn't, shouldn't isn't Mookie not? They, that shouldn't that Mookie not strike out on three pitches at the biggest stage in the game? <laughs> should he not with Matzik coming in? Dude, it's that guy's should... ring. That's all it is. Yeah, dude, that's exactly. I mean, it's just. 60 win championship. You know, that's an analytical born team. I've fucking mentioned it. Like they've been starting Nebel and all that. And they asked Dave Roberts why. And he said, I only have one vote. That is management, upper management controlling every aspect of that game. And I can't be happier to see them lose, especially to my Atlanta Braves. Your Atlanta Braves. Congratulations on that. Uh, let's switch the email up a little bit. We'll start here with the baseball season ending and we'll move. We'll look forward to brighter days. Uh, we'll start Red Sox game six. Well, I don't even know if we talked about the game five. I kind of forget at this point after it all, but uh, the decision to keep Chris. Oh, we're alive when we were uh, alive. In, yeah. Bill is ready to kill himself. Well, the, I just, <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately did not succeed. The, uh, the decision to leave Chris sale in against the nerds. I, we've been for it this whole time. I wish they did it with Pavetta. I wish they did it with Evaldi, but we've also had left that little caveat in like any starting pitcher. If you, if you leave him in for an inning and he starts to look like shit, then you pull him. This is where I think Cora deserves uh, some serious second guessing the way he handled his bullpen, uh, you know, with the last couple games here. Just didn't feel like he had a pulse on when to pull guys and when to keep him in. And Chris, I, I Sale, yeah. Chris Sale was a big one for that. Pavetta is another one too, right? Pavetta was the big one. I would have let Sale in. I let him kept him going in, at least try to get an extra inning out of him. Honestly, he was rolling. My biggest qualm with it is letting him pitch to Alvarez again. We had two hits on him, including the fucking home run. He pitched to him again for the third time, two run double game over. That's where I have it. Right. You could have went, you could have went, was your lefty. You could have went to Josh Taylor there earlier than you had to and face the lefty. You saw it 
when Alvarez got up, why are you pitching to him? Sale was done at that point. You waited one batter too long. You kind of get another guy in there, Josh Taylor, who's your lefty, not Martin Perez. So you only have Josh Taylor in there. That's where it was. I'm fine letting Sale go. He was rolling. You know, yeah, got a little bit of trouble early, but Alvarez is the only guy that really hurt him until the sixth inning. So, I mean, that's where you wanted to, you wanted to go. Yeah, he was rolling. He had, he had the big, uh, big strikeout out of a jam in the fourth, came off screaming into his mitt, one, two, three in the fifth. He's rolling. He feels good. Your bullpen's a little bit taxed. He's a $30 million pitcher. Go out there, see if you can get it done. As soon as he had that rough at bat with Altuve, it's like, no, he's cash. Let's go. Pull him. Pull him. Yeah, and you saw it against Ovaldi. I believe it was game two. You know, was, I know it was a nine to three game, but he had trouble. He, he went out in the fifth, got the first quick out, five and a third, and then had trouble. I think he gave up a hit the next guy, and it was like, boom, gone. Or a walk. I think it was a hit. And he came out and pulled him. I understand your bullpen's taxed, but that's a pivotal play in the game. You needed to get him out of there. You're still in the game. I understand, like, especially against uh, Valdez, who was literally rolling at that point, hadn't given, up a, hadn't given up a hit. When eight strong innings, they had three hits. Like, at that point in time, you can't be giving away runs. You can't be leaving him in there for one batter too long. He's made the call one batter too early. How many times this year? And, that like, he's going to be killed either way. I would have creamed him if he fucking pulled him early yeah. it's just one batter too late i would have not have let him pitch to alvarez yeah That's it just didn't seem qualm. like it seemed like you lost the pulse of it a little bit there but more importantly i mean picking at stars here the lineup went to sleep they went to bed what was the nine for 82 in the last three games <laughs> fucking That's alvarez was eight bed. for 12 you on his own you like, scored 21 runs in the year two wins and what you score six runs total in your four losses you score you had five hits the last two games Right? They I went mean, to sleep. And it's not that they went to sleep. It's that they uh, uh, they went away from their approach. They all settle. It's like watch the fucking Celtics when their offense doesn't work. They all settle back in their own selfish habits. Everyone was trying to pull. And both of these guys, um, Valdez and um, Garcia. Garcia, Garcia, were pitching a ground ball contact. And the Red Sox were playing right into their hands for three straight fucking games. And they did not adjust but one time. In that seventh they, inning yeah. of game six, they had some action on the base path. I mean, credit to Maldane. Um, well, what the hell? Do you Maldonado. Know? He's one of the Maldonado. best defensive catchers Strike him out, throw him out, Verdugo and Travis Shaw. I don't mind the play call there. You haven't hit the ball in three games. You want to avoid a double play. You just you got a bad jump, Verdugo, and a hell of a play by Maldonado and a bad swing by Shaw. So that was your chance to stay in the in the series. As soon as that happened, that was ball game in game six. But, yeah, your lineup went to shit, Raymond. It just went to absolute shit. Yeah, and that's what we said all along before spring training and all that. We said if these bats go to sleep, this team's doomed because the bullpen cannot get you wins in this uh, for this team. So yeah, as soon as those bats went to sleep, this you could tell this was over with. You know, I think the, I think Dusty Baker finally found something that the hitters that he could uh, capitalize on, like something <clears throat> with their pitchers. Yeah, though. <laughs> but yeah, but anyways, I mean that's all it was—a simple adjustment—and they took advantage of it. And now Houston's on their way to the World Series. Well, they took kind of took advantage of the Red Sox. And the fact that Red Sox aren't swinging at first pitches. You look up Altuve getting up there and fucking game, what was it, game four? You saw Whitlock groove one in the eighth inning directly down the plate, and it was boom, gone, right? I mean, they they were hitting first pitch strikes all game, like the whole series. Now you have the Red Sox not. They started attacking the strike zone, and then the Red Sox were getting down the count early. You didn't see a lot of walks games 
five and six, they, they tried to expand their strike zone and they were swinging at terrible pitches, weak ground outs. You had a Hunter Renfro trying to pull everything. Who they, you want to talk about an adjustment that needed to be made by Alex Cora is Hunter Renfro needed to get out of there. At some point, you needed to start putting Bobby Dahlbach in and shift your team around. Fuck Kyle Schwarber. In the, and I'll tell you the reason I don't think the reason he didn't do it, because I think Kyle Schwarber hurt himself in that fucking uh, that swing. Do you look like they were saying it was a cramp? I think he hurt his hamstring because you watch watches the bats the last two games and including that game to finish. They were he was just fucking sweat like flailing at the ball. I think there was a lot more and he was trying to gut it through. That's probably why you, you had to stick with Hunter Renfro there. I think they were hiding his injuries. But that's just my conspiracy theory. But yeah, either way, you, you it doesn't matter. You have to get him out of there and just try to do something. And, but you, yeah. I don't think you could have played JD or <clears throat> Schwarber in the outfield. I mean, look, wait, like watching this team all season long, you can start picking it apart in, in some decisions here. You know, it's that type of sport. It could make or break your series, literally. However, I just think the Astros won because they got balls and this Red Sox team doesn't. You saw it all season. As soon as that they hit some adversity, they kind of crumbled. You, you got swept by the Yankees until that Walker game in the second half of the season. Uh, going into the wildcard break, you, you went into a slump uh, coming out of the trade deadline. We've examined this. You went into one of the worst slumps in the league. And then it took facing some shitty teams and let them letting you, you beat them for them to get their confidence back and to really spark it. And honestly, when the whole team got COVID and these kids came up and won them some games, that sparked a run too. And we saw that all season long. It, if you really go back and look at it, I don't think they pulled themselves out of a bad situation all year. They left it up to the Orioles or the Rangers or the Twins or some garbage organization that they could go throw Chris Sale at for five innings and get an easy win. And then, ooh, we're front runners again. We're riding high because we're playing good against shitty competition. And as soon as that went out the window against the Astros and they got a sniff of blood, they're the type of team to completely take advantage of it. And the Red Sox fucking cowered and crumbled. And then this Chris Sale, you know, it's funny because we were bitching about how Chris Sale wasn't playing any playoff teams, Yankees, Tampa Bay, all that other stuff. They were kind of hiding him against Baltimore and Texas and all that. Good now call. I not, now I understand why. <laughs> like, we were ripping the Red Sox for this, ripping yeah. them. And then now we're sitting here after you lose, after he didn't pitch that that terrible in six, you know, five and two-thirds or five and a third, whatever. And it's just like, I understand now. I completely understand. They still didn't trust him. And then it makes me question this um, – the trade deadline even more if you were hiding him because you didn't trust him and when you had opportunities to get anybody bullpen bullpen help mm-hmm. mm. very yeah, good he didn't he didn't come out till after the tra- trade deadline you didn't know what you had with him until after the trade deadline. it, it doesn't well, matter they knew point. that they knew that he was coming back and they and it makes sense you if you go back and look at the the chain of events that got us here with chris sale it was hiding him against the shitty teams because you couldn't beat the good teams. Even with Chris sale, they had to beat those teams. They're throwing Chris sale because it's not play- the Yankees lineup. Even Tampa has got a fucking really good lineup. It all makes sense. And when you look at it, it a, the big picture of it, that's why. And it makes me more angry that you didn't address anything at the trade deadline within the bullpen. One decent arm. I mean, I guess Robles. Oh, and you want to go further back? Buster Gatorall for LA right now is a pitching fucking stud. And you botched that to get Colton Wong or whatever the fucking stupid name catcher down in AAA because you didn't trust his arm. How good fucking he looking at goddamn bullpen in this? And let's not give him that much credit that they didn't trust his arm. 
they got heat from the Red Sox fans and from the public that they weren't getting enough back. So they went back on the deal. He would have been the go, go best fucking piece because everything else is the trash. Whole, they fucked the whole thing up. Uh, except for Verdugo, he's been all right. Uh, well, okay, it's over. They, they look. They outshot their coverage. That's for sure. They, um, they got further than anyone expected them to, right or wrong. Toot toot. I was high on them. I thought they had enough talent to make a run for the division in the playoffs. At least they did, and they got there. I honestly think they went. They maximized their talent. I don't think they overachieved as much as a lot of people think they do. Think they did. They're pitching. Nick Pavetta, give him all the credit in the world. Without him, they wouldn't have got there. Nathan Evaldi stepped up. Those two guys in your rotation. Healthy, mind you, Nathan Evaldi, and I never expected that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Those two guys in your, in your rotation break. were awesome. Garrett Whitlock um, and even, you know, Matt Bard, say what you want, but the beginning half of the season had a lot to do with that, those wins. So, you know, you had some guys step up in your rotation you didn't think would, and that and helped you. And your rotation is, I mean, your lineup's one of the best in the league. So, yeah, you overachieved, but not by that much. I wouldn't be pat too tooting them too goddamn much. They should be right back here next year if they make the right moves. Speaking of that, what are they? Schwarber and pitching? I'd I'd bring Schwarber back and JD. You know, he's got to make that that call now. He had a solid season, 30 home runs, hit about 280, you know, 90 RBIs. I mean, that's what you want from him, but if you can get Schwarber for cheaper in uh, in his younger player, you want I would try to invest in him for another three four years. He likes it here. He sounds like he wants to be back, but again, he doesn't have a position. So if you're bringing him back, you sacrifice some JD Martinez. And at this point, I'm going to say yes. I'd probably you kind of hope JD kind of walks again. I'd rather invest my money in the 27 year old Schwarber versus a 30 about to be 32 33 year old JD Martinez. I think JD is actually going to be 30. Four thirty-five, and then Schwab is like twenty-eight. Schwab is like twenty-seven, something like that. So yeah, yeah. it makes there's just four or five, six-year different there. So that that certainly makes a difference. And you can't give, you certainly can't lose both. And if you're not going to keep both because of either the positional issues or fucking money, don't. I expect them both to be back. Truth. Then uh, you know, well, yeah, I'd like to have Schwab back. And I don't think you're gonna have both. I think you have one or the other. I think you're gonna have both back. I think the experiment with as much as we kind of hated it i think the experiment at first with schwarber is it kind of worked you want that bat in the lineup you saw what he did what he did moving him into the lineup spot if you look where he was uh, in the the one and two hole you look where he was hitting good in chicago and washington was those first two hole hit you know so that's where he was bobby dalbach makes him expendable i know he's young but he's only 20 he's still 25 but you could really look to trade him for either prospect or get get a guy a bullpen arm you know especially a rebuilding team love guys like this you know, yeah. I and mean, that's where and you got to go. And then you could bring back a Travis Shaw for defensive replacement later on. I'm fine with him. I think JD's already had the writing on the wall, though, when he said he was 50-50 on resigning with the Red Sox. He's I think been that saving 50-50. Like he said, the last couple of years, he's been 50 But I think that's his out. I think he's. I don't think he wants to be here. I don't think he likes Boston, just kind of like a Mookie Betts type situation. He doesn't like the press being negative towards him. I think he's gone. He's going to go to a National League team where he's going to get paid bank like fucking like a Rockies or someone that has money to spend. And it's just going to be one of those things. Well, I think you're you're, you're looking at the universal DH now. So that opens up another 15 teams for 16 teams out there. Well, I think you're still going to see, if not a shrinking market, then uh, a smaller market than people, than guys are used to. And JD Martinez believes still has an opt-in. At yeah. That's at what he has to do. He's million. still signing. He, he has, has to opt-in. Opt in. So but I don't think it, he's going to, I think he'll he test his market. And if he can't get 20 million, he'll opt in. That's what oh, he'll course. do. He's going to yeah. come for the money. Um, well, let's see. I, my, my whole thing, I've said this for a long time. I, I hope they go and try and find young 
uh, pitching and a shit ton of it and, and a cost controlled uh, young pitching. I think that's mm-hmm. the way that you, that's need, what you, need. you need to move. We'll see. There's always next year. That's the Red Sox. Well, that's model. when they're gonna make the sign up signs, anyways, because they don't do free agent signings till what March, February, March. Yeah, yeah. The the hot stove is gonna be on <laughs> fire here for the next seven months until yeah. you know they're left with nothing to sign. I remember back in the day. I remember getting the Manny Ramirez news at like midnight on a school night. Like that's what I like. And in December, it was a, like early. It was the, it was the, the meetings, the winter meetings, the winter meetings, and yeah. now you see it like. I'm hoping it's going to be different this year with COVID. Like the COVID's kind of gone, and now you can kind of start meeting with people more. But I don't know. Yeah. It's it, collusion. It it's it's yeah, it sucks. collusion. They got to change it. They got to make it like every other sport: a month of free agency, so everyone has to bust their ass to make it happen. Yeah. Uh, speaking of every other sport, the Patriots drop a fifty burger on the Jets, fifty-four to be exact. The Jets may probably are the worst team in the league. I think that that might be the case. Uh, so not a lot to learn. Ray is not impressed. Uh, especially Zach Wilson, the number two overall pick, knocked out of the game. Um, but by the way, what do you think of that? The first, the play before is where I think he got hurt. That's where Dietrich I thought Wise he got. Kind of I think so too. That was all his fault. He threw and jumped in the air like Wise was already going there. He had no chance. He was going to hit him at the hip, but he fucking he loses the protection out of the pocket too. A lot of yeah, and it was a ch- about yeah, he was a late hit or whatever else. You're a runner at that point. But Judon landed where he, you could see his knee just – I mean, he sprained his PCLs out two or four weeks, and it was pussy. just – Pussy. Yeah. But, they, dude. Big breaking news. They signed – they traded for Joe Flacco. They traded for Joe Flacco. <laughs> what the fuck is this guy's name? Uh, Mike, Mike White. Mike, dude, Mike do you hear what everyone's saying? He's like the fake guys that, uh, on the Madden franchi- franchise that get drafted <laughs> that get drafted every year, like the no-name guys. Mike White. That's what it felt Jim like. How Blackington. do you not have a veteran there to back – anyway, yeah. So, what, whether it would have mattered or not, probably not. Zach Wilson threw four awful picks last time they played him. Didn't look much better in the short time he got. How much, how, look at game. how – night and day zach wilson is compared to mac jones he sucks well the jets suck they're a fucking garbage organization they don't belong in the league they are the number one reason for relegation they don't belong in the league so uh, all that being said it's always nice to fucking crush them and i like to see that belichick hasn't lost his fastball or his balls and is getting brian hoyer out there throwing 40 yard fucking <laughs> bombs in the keel i couldn't believe that in the fourth quarter i'm with it i'm with all of it but uh real quickly so not a lot to do with this game honestly i think you're right right but let's hit some of the key points i'll run them down and you tell me what you thought was uh the most important or whatever you think whatever you got your thought on i thought the offense even though the defense Jets defense is bad. It's not as bad as the Jets offense. Their that Jets defense is call it okay. I think the Patriots offense looked as crisp as it has all year. Specifically last two years, honestly. Yeah, good point. Um, Mac Jones, we've said this. I think incremental uh improvements every single game is what you're gonna see out of this offense. I don't know what if it'll be enough for the playoffs because of the hole that they've dug themselves in, but it's another example of moving forward. They clearly three plays get- away from being six and one. That's like, yeah, yeah, that, that's a, that's, that's the definition of a bad team. Thanks, Bill. Uh, they yeah. clearly wanted to get John o. Smith involved in the offense early. They ran a lot of plays to him. Uh, jet sweep. Couple it was screens. too much. He's hurt. <laughs> yep. He got hurt. That was too much for him. Um, they ran up the middle all day long. Damian Harris over hundred yards, two touchdowns. JJ Taylor got a couple touchdowns. The screens were working all day. That drive to end the first half after the jets, uh, scored their second touchdown said a lot to me you know if they hit that extra point it would have been a two possession game it wouldn't feel like a blowout and with four minutes left in the half mac jones 
threw about a dozen fucking screen passes and picked up a couple third downs to go down there and score a touchdown with no time left. Whether that's against the Jets or anybody, a nice executed four-minute drive to get a touchdown before the half, that spells good team. That spells good coaching. That's good that execution. That was a Hunter Henry back in the end zone catch, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was just four, himself, yeah. was it four straight game now with Hunter Henry. So I mean you've seen <clears throat> kind of why you brought him here, the red zone target. And it's good to see you played basically a 60 minute game. You you opened up the offense more in the red zone for Mac. You had some trick plays. I thought they got a little creative. Like that one creative. the second like flea flicker thing or whatever that at somehow you were ended bitch up after the Mac. first one. Yeah, I'm not a huge like. I, don't show this shit against the Jets. You still put up 54, but that second one, why? Why you need? Why do you need to throw the second trick play? Because but, I mean, we're two and four. We yeah. suck, Bill. I was with you on the first one, Ray. Uh, the wide receiver pass from Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar. Look, don't let this team hang around. You're two and four. You lost a bad one last week. Go out there, get the lead, make it dominant. Whatever you got to do to make that happen. But they ran a couple. Like they just kept running. The, the, a little bit too cutesy kind of plays for me. That's all McDaniels. Yeah. He's I don't know take why he feels like heat. he needs to do that when you're marching mm-hmm. up and down the field. But Yeah, yeah. CJ Mosley for them was a big loss. You couldn't run the ball great against them. Oh, though. you did. I didn't know that. The commentator said it about 50 fucking times when Damian Harris was just running up their fucking This throat. is the worst. This is what happens when you suck. You get the fucking F team. The oh, worst. my God. It's the worst. They were calling Owino, who moved over to right tackle, and their offensive finally, line. Finally. Thank you. They've been two, listening. 2 Bill, on you. Um, their offensive line finally got good when they put someone on right tackle that could play. What did they call him all game? Oh, oh, Anuwu. Owunu? Owunu. It was Owunu. bad. Yeah. It was terrible. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention on that drive that I was impressed with was they went for it a fourth town for the first time, for the fourth time all season long after getting crushed in the media for not going it for it against the Cowboys and against the Bucks. So and, and look at the play they yeah. or if that I was, don't know man look at that play they ran with the Mac rollout perfect rollout Jacoby Myers boom first down. It's like you, you could have had that you had that on Tampa and you sure sure as shit could have made oh, that. That's when Dallas. they ran the other trick play, the third and one down there. What what was that little stupid fucking play that they ran? I don't even remember. They ran a dumbass uh I, I'd have to go back. That and was the up. Mac Jones one. When it was at the like that the, was fourth and one, but third and one they ran some stupid the, the flea flicker flicker, thing yeah, or whatever that went back to Mac Jones and yeah, he and threw it out. He, and he threw it out. They and he threw it out it. of bounds. Damien Harris is only averaging eight yards a carry up the middle. You're third and one, and you pull that stupid shit at the thirty yard line. Like did, to your point, Ray, it's the Jets. Josh McDaniels didn't dig himself out of the, out of the hole here with fifty four points in my eyes because once you got into that thirty yard line, they still looked. They were still their touchdown. They scored Brendan Bolt. They scored on two fucking screenplays within the thirty, which doesn't work against good teams. Screenplays no, no. inside thirty. What was it? Thirty-one to seven at halftime. I didn't even watch the second half. I was like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> this game's done. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mack ended up uh, twenty-four for thirty-six, over three hundred yards, two touchdowns. That go route to Bourne was his best throw of the day. Dropped it in a bucket, uh, about an inch and a half from a touchdown on that one. I like and, this uh, Bourne kid a lot. I, yeah. I, I really. I, He's a good, good signing. I mean, I like him better than Aguilar. And you, you, you know, you're only paying him six, seven million dollars a year, and he's quick. Now he's, I think he's grown into this offensive role. Now I think the first three, four games he started slow. He wasn't getting on the field, but now I think out of necessity, you're really seeing and you're getting him involved in trick plays. He threw, thrown a touchdown pass, but you got him end arounds and those again a go route. He had a night the, the touchdown last week is a fucking bomb. So it's like you know, I like the way they're kind of really. 
not forcing targets and forcing plays for him, but they're getting him a lot more involved, more so than Aguilar is. He's reliable. He's catching the ball. Aguilar looks like he's back in Philly with those frying pan hands. He catch. He drops the most uh, short catch of all. Do you guys have he, faith that he was going to catch that touchdown no, pass? Me uh, either. I, I thought he was going to drop it. That's the thing. Bourne's not the guy that you're second guessing. We're not going to be praying, thinking, please, God, catch the fucking ball when Kendrick Bourne's getting the ball. And I think that's yeah. why you're seeing a little better rapport with uh, Kendrick Bourne than you are with um, Mac Jones and, and Nelson Aguilar, too. And I, don't I just think, think they know, this is why the Aguilar signing didn't ever make sense to me. Isn't it as excited as we were? So we didn't have to watch Nikhil Harry, but he's not Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers are Patriot wide receivers. They're guys that can run around, find some open space, catch the ball and, and get down. Nelson Aguilar in his career has always been a speed guy um, down the sideline guy. Yeah, he led the NFL in. Yeah, it was like 19 yards of catch last season or something. Yeah. So, and that's never been the Patriots offense. And I don't know if they have a spot for him. You can see him trying to feed it to him. They're trying to get some back shoulder rapport going on with Mac Jones. Um, they're trying to get some deep in cuts with them. I'd like to see him on some quick drags or something, something nice and easy out front that he can run with. He's one of the fastest guys they have. Even a wide receiver screen, like just set it up a little bit better and, and let him do that. Let him just get kind of run in the open field. I mean, I hated Nelson Aguilar. I hated the signing, but I, you need to, uh, again, out of necessity, because this is all you have. You have Bourne, Aguilar, and Myers. You can't rely oh. on Gunnar O'Shelf. There Shesky was a Nikhil and, Harry sighting. Oh, there was yay. a Nikhil Harry sighting. Yay. <clears throat> in the fourth quarter, he actually got some touches uh, earlier in the game uh, for blocking purposes. As soon as he came in, I said wide receiver screen, and they ran one to Kendrick Bourne, I'm pretty sure. But then, yeah, uh, Brian Hoyer is tossing a 30-yard bomb where he made a nice play over some scrub. Uh, it's like the fourth game, fourth quarter of the fourth preseason game. Yeah, we are you, 54 to 13. Were you, were you watching it, it, though, when Nikhil Harry was on the field? Mac Jones was still telling him he was lining up oh, yeah. wrong. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> Saw it twice. How the it's fuck like, are you still on this team? You don't know the plays. You don't know where to line up. It's just like – it's common sense dude get the fuck out of here the bill's point they don't have anybody if one of these if born myers or aguilar go down he's in so they need to keep working with them in What's case trey one nixon of those guys doing? What, is trey nixon on the practice squad bring him up fuck this <laughs> fucking nikhil Harry. he's on ir i, I think, think he hurt he himself yeah i think he got hurt yeah I think they uh real quickly here on the defensive side of the ball i thought early on there's some fucking terrible tackling going on just terrible tackling going jalen mills had That's the uh, man. a couple missed tackles and he sucks in man-to-man coverage. Corey <laughs> Davis really is need a good him on the receiver, inside. but he fucking blows in man-to-man coverage. Yeah, you really need Mills on the inside. And again, it makes you wonder why he cut Stephon Gilmore because you bring him over, you're moving Jalen Mills right into that fucking slot, which would have been a big necessity now that Jonathan Jones is out for the year with shoulder surgery. Again, a questionable call by Bill cut, cutting him because he's practicing with Carolina this weekend. I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing on Sunday and he'll definitely be playing with uh, fucking two weeks when new England travels there. You mark that on your fucking calendar for sure. Yeah. They should have either paid that man or, uh, or traded him last year that I've, you know, we've been through that miss. The Mills is not an outside guy. You I think the fact him that they there. moved him though, tells you he wasn't going to play for new England. He wasn't going to play. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I think so you have to wherever play, you, you want to mark that, that fuck up by Belichick, it, he, it was his fuck up for sure. But I don't think the fuck up was trading him this season. They he just wasn't going to play for him. So you had to do something. You had to move on from him. You were paying him. Could have paid him last year. You four thousand dollars, four hundred thousand dollars a week to do nothing. Yeah. So, um, interception by Duggar. Nice little, nice hands there. Interception by J.C. Jackson. Kind of a classic pick by him. Undercutting the route in the fourth quarter in a nothing game. 
Um, and you're you're uh, leaving this week one game back of the Bills, who had a bye week this week, but still counts. You're only one game back in the standings of the division. Still counts. Let's back go. in it, baby. I mean, Miami and the Jets are what, what, two and ten combined or whatever the fucking records are? They fucking suck. And Deshaun oh, Watson has come out and said, I'm not going to Miami. So the Dolphins oh, continue. Yep. He said anywhere but Miami. Oh, I thought that was oh, Philly, too. Philly. It's anywhere but Phily. Philly. It's anywhere but Philly. Well, He's Miami, the rumors Miami. now is uh, Flores hate. Uh, everybody hates Flores, and it's too, too much like New England, and they want him out. So this team is clearly quitting on him. And then again, it's another Patriots coach that goes somewhere else for their team to quit on him. It's happened a lot lately. Bring him back. Bring him back. I'll take I would. flow back in a second. In a, in a heartbeat, we'll trade yeah. him. We'll trade the Dolphins, Steve Belichick for Brian Flores. Yeah. And cash consideration. And Xavier Howard. <laughs> yeah, we'll take him. We'll take him <laughs> on the cheap. Um, okay. Well, yeah. This feels like even uh, after the Jets, it's nice to just get a, a win. So let's just get a win. Great win versus a bad team. I don't care oh. what it is. It, it was good to still put up 50, 54 points. You needed Mac to go. It was three, 24, 36, 304 yards, two touchdowns. First, first time yard, ever. There first time 300-yard game. So, again, it's good to see. You want to see some progression. He's got better basically every single week. This is what we want to see. He's leading the fucking uh, rookie quarterbacks and uh, touchdowns. Everything. Basically everything. So, I mean, it's what you want to see, and he's clearly outperforming every every rookie quarterback. So, yeah, a good win against a bad team. It's probably their best win all year. Again, it's against the Jets, so put an asterisk on it. But 50 points is 50 points. Yeah, the offense looks like it's scary. Although Jermaine Wiggins uh, from WDEI believes that the Patriots have a better record with Justin Fields. Just, just And he so also thinks uh, Mac Jones is Chad Pennington. Yeah, idiot. Uh, we're Moron. for higher EI, by the way. Um <laughs> I lost my train. Of- oh, Jets haven't won in New England in a decade. So that's you know who the last little- quarterback was to beat him? Yeah, Pennington. Nope. Pennington. Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Oh. I was at that fucking game, overtime game. Thursday night. Matt Castle threw the uh, tying the tying touchdown to Randy, the Randy Moss. Moss on the one handed on the side down right at yeah. the corner. Yeah, it wasn't Sanchez. Fucking rain. No, nope. it wasn't Mark Sanchez. No shit. The rain. Ra- um, yeah, it was Brett Favre. Uh, yeah. the, um. Sanchez beat him in the playoffs. It was the regular season. Oh, okay. I lost my, we had standing room only seats for that, for that game, pouring, freezing, the worst type of football game to be at cold and rainy. And then I lost my fucking car. I got too drunk and forgot what fucking lot I parked in. So I walked around (laughs) for three and a half hours, lost the buzz, went through the whole hangover. By the time I found it, it sobered up. This sucked. Dude, that's, you get lost there. That's why I parked in the same place. I would have to sit down after a couple stints, just tired beeping the fucking thing hopefully the battery didn't die hopefully you can uh, hear it in the distance yeah. he's gone he's dear lord make me a bird. this is this is why i park in the same place where i could i know where i'm going even drunkenly i could just walk like a zombie there yeah well because you usually do 10 years yeah, ago brett right. Barber was playing i was uh young and dumb and wet um just like but, your mom thank you i was waiting i was She'll be happy about the young part, I guess. Um, Bruins off to a hard start. You're opening and take there, Bill. Three and one. Jake DeBrusque with two goals. Olmec gets his uh, first win against his old team, the Sabres. Speaking of relegation. Um, they were three you and had your first bad game out of um, Swayman against the Flyers. Uh, your thought, what are your thoughts on your bees, Raymond? Uh, I, mean, I mean, Bill? Yeah, Bill. <laughs> Uh, no, it's good. Good, good three one start early. 
you know, I, like I alluded to in my opening take, I mean, you're getting balanced scoring and it's, you know, you, you finally had, Jer- and then you finally had Jeremy Swayman's like worst game of his career, probably, you know, and all Mark knocked off some rust or change of scenery thing. He looked real good against Buffalo. I mean, you're going to have, you know, you're, you're coming out today, riding the hot hand at this point. I think he's starting again Wednesday, I believe. Uh, all Mark should get that start. So, I mean, it's good. You brought him in, you're paying him $5 million and he, he looked good. And again, you're, you're hoping you got a good one, two punch here in goaltending. And then again, balance scoring Jake DeBrus, Taylor Hall, David Pasnack, all have two goals. Brad Marsh on, I believe has four goals right now. So, I mean, Dude, how about that's the, Hall, the goal? Hall is like, he has, nasty. I think it's 10 or 12 goals in the regular season and 20 regular season games. Like he's on, like it's like a 50 or 60 goal pace that he's on since in the regular season. Granted, he's kind of sucked against the Islanders in the playoffs, but you know, that's what you want to see. That's why you, you paid him to, to stay here in a fucking very cheap deal right now. Yeah, and, very and, cheap deal. Even I, Coyle. Um, Coyle's, <clears throat> I think he's got two goals too. Charlie I was going to, I was going to ask you that because I have not been able to watch as much hockey as I want to because of the streaming fucking wars and I trying to find these games has just been a nightmare. Uh, but what are your uh, two questions, your thoughts on coil on the second line and uh, the decor as a whole, how um, those two things look. I think um, coil is kind of fit in seamlessly right now. I mean, I, he's a lot faster than Krejci. I mean, I think Krejci's a better playmaker, but right now, I mean, he's setting up the chances. I, I like the way Craig Smith's playing. I know he's hasn't scored a goal yet, but I mean, they're all, that line's grinding. They dropped him on the line. Was it last game or the game before? Yeah, they, they, they kind of. Or uh, Nosek, right? Nosek from the fourth line, I think, or third yeah. line. He's on the third line. Yeah, he, they moved him up. I think it was more of just like try to get him going. He's Remember, he started pretty slow last year. He kind of turned it on a little late. I'm not really worried about him, especially what, what you're kind of seeing in, in uh, Taylor Hall. The defense as a whole, I mean, Charlie McAvoy uh, as an offensive um, you're seeing him kind of come out offensively right now, and they're using him a lot better. First, he's a number one power play unit right now, and he's moving up and down the ice. I think him and him and um, Forbert right now, and their number one units look good. They've mixed in um, Grizzlick there when they need kind of a spark and get a little bit more more uh, scoring. With McAvoy, kind of expands the ice a little bit, and it's worked. I, I like the way their defense has been playing. But again, you, you're facing some injuries. You you brought up John Moore and then sent his ass back down. I think you still need to add. You still need another defenseman, especially in that third deep pair. You have Carson Kuhlman and. Um, Grizzlick down on the third line. I think you need to add there. I'm not Clifton. I don't th- Clifton, sorry, Connor Clifton. I don't think Clifton's a um, you know, 82 game player. I think he's more of a seventh, eighth guy. You know, come in, kind of give a spark. I think you still need to try to add there. But other than that, I mean, it's good. It's good. Three one start. Good to see. Flyers are a good team. You know, they. Yeah, I'd like to one, see him one stinker. That Grizzlick Clifton is just too small, especially as a third pairing. Like I'd like to see him add some size there. And John Moore has been kicking around for so fucking long. Gee, I mean. Yeah, it will just watch. He might stay down there. He's going to play regularly, but that's a big uh, salary cap too because I think he's like 2-7. Now you dump Chris Wagner and kind of give you another 1.2 or 1.5. I forget exactly what Wagner's. So now, I mean, they're kind of basically off your books because you stashed him in Providence. So, I mean, it gives you more money to kind of add. I know I've said the Rast door is not closed. Krejci supposedly is not not close, but according to him, it is. So, I mean, I think you need to add right now. I know it's only four games, but I wasn't confident on the D pair coming in. And now you're yeah. kind of, yeah, know. we'll see, you know, obviously the deadline's a ways away. We'll see what the team looks like then if they feel like they want to invest in it. Uh, speaking of investing in the team, the Celtics have a, a newer newish look 
Raymond, uh, but the overall play doesn't look that different to me. Uh, one and two, the first game, a instant classic in Madison Square Garden, double overtime against the Knicks, who are not as bad as they used to be. Added Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier. They got Julius Randle, who is an all-NBA player. They got some young R.J. Barrett and a couple young guys there. And Tom Thibodeau, who's been a good coach in the NBA for a long time. So say what you want about the Knicks. I don't think they're as talented as the Celtics, but they're going to play hard every night. They did that night. You didn't have Al Horford. Tatum shot like 14%, and Jalen Brown kept you in it with 46 points. You come back two days later, get absolutely fucking demolished by the Raptors. Blame that on heavy legs to start the season, whatever. And then you go basically blow out the Rockets with Al Horford and no Jalen Brown, who it was his birthday, and they said his heel hurt. <laughs> whatever you want. Another up two right now at, uh, against the Hornets at halftime. Ooh. And you got the Hornets today, and you're up two. In oh, the- up two at halftime? A yeah. lot of people are high on the Hornets this year, too. Um, I'll just say this about the Celtics. I said this in the first game to you guys. It looked like the same goddamn Celtics not being able to put their foot in the gas, not being able to close at the right time. Maybe on the homer of the Celtics group here, but just through three games, maybe it's the Al Horford difference. That was a just a different-looking team in the last couple of games. Even the Charlotte game I watched a little bit before the show. They just... They're going to need a while to shake off their fucking bad, terrible, shitty one-on-one play young NBA player habits. I don't know if they can or if they will, but I think that they have the potential to, um, you know, they should be a top four team in the, in the East. Right. I know you're the biggest Jason Tatum fan now, because I don't know, you snip snap, you son of a bitch, but he does not look interested playing for these Boston Celtics. Every game I've watched so far, he just doesn't look like he wants to be there. He has this cross on his face. You watch LeBron, these superstars that take over franchises Jason Tatum is not that guy. This is not a franchise type player. Not that guy, pal. I agree with you. I snip snap. I snip snap. Snip snap. I snip snap. I snip snap. Now you're back. Now you're uh, back. Okay. Jason Tatum will not will not be the type of guy in this league that people think that he can be and that he thinks that he is. First of all, you're the right. You're right. The Dookie AAU glide through this thing attitude fucking sucks. And I don't know if uh, the team needs to commit to him or, or prove to him that it's a championship team, which is wrong. But even if it does, I don't know if he has the makeup to be the guy that they need him to be. Secondly, just from an X and an O standpoint, his offensive game has not improved that much in five years in this league. He still can't dribble, drive, penetrate in the league. He has no body control when he gets into the paint. He's good in a step back role and a fadeaway if his shot's on. And he's developed a little bit of an inside game, just getting bigger and being able to finish a little bit better. But he still basically sucks around the rim. So, is- yeah, I, I'm snip snapping on my snip step. I'm not high on Jason Tatum. He's going to be he's in the prove it to me bucket. You have to prove it to me uh, over and over and over again until I jump on your bandwagon again. It just goes back to my take last week when you asked me, who, you know, who was going to be a leader. And it sure as shit ain't Jason Tatum. I mean, Jalen Brown's your leader of this team. And it's everything I said. Again, Ray, you just alluded to, he looks like he doesn't want to play for the team. He's all, he's selfish. It goes back to the Dookie, everything. Like the young players want to follow him and, and do that because, because again, he's a budding superstar in this league and he's got a, he's a very well-respected player in the league right now, but I just don't, that's not to me, that's not the type of leadership you need. I think these players could be fucking hanging out with the Jalen Browns in the world and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum don't like each other off the court at all. So oh, it's like, I think it's they squashed pretty... those rumors this last season when uh, I don't know if they gold. like each other, if they don't like each other, frankly, I don't fucking care. I, I just I, Tatum, Tatum doesn't have the makeup and I'll backtrack on my uh, 
on what I said that he hasn't gotten better. He's gotten a little bit better distributing the ball. He's had some decent passes and in the last few games and getting his teammates involved off the dribble, but he's, he's lacking a big part of an offensive game that makes you elite. And he is definitely lacking the it factor, the killer instinct factor that frankly, a lot of people said LeBron James didn't have at the beginning of his career, but I'm not going to sit here and compare Jason Tatum to LeBron James in his fifth year in the league. We knew what LeBron James was his fifth year in the league. We just thought he was a pussy. turns out um, he kind of is, but turned it off a little bit. I don't know if Jason Tatum can. I don't know. I don't think he has it. And to my point, maybe you'll get it, but you're in the prove it bucket to me now, buddy. You, Marcus Smart. I don't know. I put a lot of people in that. Uh, the all Any sports team from Langford? Cleveland. <laughs> Romeo Lankford, sure. Yeah, put him he in He can't miss. He's he can't good. miss. Uh, you have to prove it to me this whole season that you are changed people and changed men and changed athletes that you have conquered your flaws. I'm not giving you the benefit of any doubt anymore. And I'm just going to revert back to my original take three years ago that Jalen Brown is the man. He's my guy. You can't have him, Bill. He's been my guy. Tatum's your guy. Budding superstar. You're right. This has been the Simmons Sports Show. Fat Tuesday weekend roundup, October 26th. We'll see you on Wednesday for some NFL uh, talk. Bye-bye. 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 When he took that overtime, when Jason Tatum took that overtime fadeaway shot and airballed it, and he, like, flailed his legs out. <clears throat> who is the one? Did so, who missed the open wide open dunk in overtime? Uh, might have been Robert Williams. I think it was the cling off the back. That's your guy. Yeah, that's, that's your right. guy, Bill. He's, He's looked a good. good. He played forty six minutes that night. I don't know if he can do it for a whole season, but what do you have? 15, 10, four blocks, five for five <laughs> from the field. He's hey, looked yeah. good. Brown Who's looks good. Who's playing tonight? Who's playing tonight? The day after their birthday, that they had a sore knee. Oh, Brown. <laughs> it was a sore in. heel. And no, it was a heel. knee. I thought it was a knee. I thought it's it was a, a plant. I just said plant something, and I thought it was plantar fasciitis. No, it's just plant. It was his knee. I don't know. Whatever. He had to go get his uh, rocks off on his birthday. Good for him. All, he put up 46. Know all about that. Yeah, gets 46 gets you a break. It's Kyrie motto. I mean, he's not that guy that we thought he was going to be, where he's not going to take any of this bullshit. I don't know. I don't know if that's all true right. or not yet. They haven't been bitching as much. That's that's a fact. They just they have there's not been as much bitching. Maybe that's Jason the NBA. doesn't bitch. He doesn't bitch. He just does this. That's yeah. bitching. Like a fucking toddler. Just that's baby back away. bitching. Yeah. yeah, he he he's been yeah he sulks or smiles when shit goes wrong. It's so infuriating to watch. So fucking frustrating to watch. Hey guys, we didn't talk about soccer though. The, the refs two points away from the all-time record regular season record. That's true. Raymond. We must